Hello and welcome to the Hallelujah podcast. I'm your host, Grace, and I'm beyond excited to have you here today. At Hallelujah, my mission is to provide a space where you can grow in your faith, be encouraged, and gain an understanding of God's word. Today, we are welcoming Jay Lee onto the podcast, who is the host of the Daily Sabbath podcast. And he's from, again, from the US in Southern California, which he's told me is about 20 minutes from Disneyland. So maybe some of you live near there as well, but we've got an awesome topic to to chat about today. And welcome to the podcast, Jay. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Grace. It's It's an honor to be on the podcast. Well, it's an honor to have you as well. And what we're going to do today is go a little bit more into the realm of apologetics. And we're going to be talking about some arguments for the existence of God. But before we get into that, Jay, love you to give me a bit of an intro into who you are, your testimony, your ministry. Sure. Yeah. So again, my name is Jay Lee. Uh, I'm a Christian blogger, so I blog on Instagram under the name Daily Sabbath. I'm also uh, hosting some podcasts and producing podcasts. So I actually served as a pastor for about 15 years um, kind of with the same church for that entire time. So I started as a youth pastor, and then as that group grew up, I became a young adults pastor, and then mm-hmm. until they were adults. So yeah, <laughs> uh, in terms of my testimony... Uh, I became a believer when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I ended up going to church because a girl that I was interested in invited me to go. (laughs) So that's pretty common testimony for a lot of guys. But um, once I got there, you know, I heard about Jesus, you know, we were studying the Bible and it just something about it, it just the conviction came and I was like, I believe this is true. I believe that I am a sinner. And yeah, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to justify myself? And so it just, it just clicked and it just felt like something that I didn't even know that I was missing or searching for. I found it. And, and so that's how I became a believer. Um, in terms of, uh, the apologetics. So I started this podcast called intro to God. And the reason why I started it is because, you know, as I was reflecting on the 15 years of being a pastor, you know, obviously I had a lot of chances to talk to people about God and Jesus, about the Bible. Um, But I think as I was reflecting on those years, one thing that I kind of noticed was, you know, a lot of the people I interacted with over those years were believers. Like they were already people who believed in God, which is important, right? That's very important. But I think I still had a little sense of regret because I think going into ministry, I think I always envisioned myself introducing people to God. And so mm-hmm. that's why I decided to start this podcast where I really wanted to create something that was specifically for people who were skeptics or people who were atheists, agnostics, or even people who just, they don't really know what they believe, but they're open to having those conversations. And so this podcast is sort of almost a love letter to the skeptic. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I love that. I, I remember because I, I grew up in church as well, but never really heard of apologetics, anything like that. It was it was always you're in church, you know, you keep hearing about God, which is great, but I was only surrounded by Christians. I never had the chance to talk to people about God. And I think it's it's a whole different thing. We can get quite quite comfortable just talking to Christians who already know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but it really challenges you. And it's a whole, a whole different thing to actually be able to talk to people 
about God and you don't have much, you don't have often have much time either. Yeah. It can be those quick 30 second, one minute, five minute conversations where you have to get it all across to <laughs> someone and it, yeah, a, a range of, a range of ways that it can go as well. Yeah. But can you tell me a little bit more about apologetics that what, what is it? Why, why is it important and, and how you got into that space or, or what you love about it as well? Sure. So apologetics is essentially, it's giving rational arguments that support what we believe as Christians. So, you know, I mean, ultimately we, this is a faith, right? We follow Jesus by faith. We enter into uh, a relationship with him by faith, but it is still helpful sometimes to be able to also say, hey, you know, even though I follow Jesus by faith, there are good, logical, rational reasons why I also trust in the Bible or can feel confident that there was a real man who lived whose name was Jesus and he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. Like, so it's, it's basically that's what apologetics is, is presenting mm -hmm. evidence, whether it be logical evidence or historical evidence, archaeological evidence, philosophical evidence that in some way supports our faith. Yeah, that's good. I think sometimes as well, it can be really easy to put aside the things like that and only talk about faith and only talk about believing. But you're right, when you actually really do look into it, mm -hmm. there is so much historical evidence that backs up Jesus, but also backs up a lot of the events in the Bible as well. I've gone all, down all the different rabbit <laughs> trails of everything that backs up Sodom and Gomorrah and, and Noah's Ark and the Great Flood. There are so many things that that really do support the knowledge and existence of God and mm -hmm. and I love that as we especially with technology continue to advance in that area science really backs it it backs up religion it, it backs up the faith that we have as Christians and for so long I know I I saw them as totally different things science mm -hmm. and and faith were completely separate but the more I I suppose, opened my heart to it and looked into it, it, it really, it, it comes together and all things were created by God. So it, it makes sense that yeah. the universe, the everything that, that is, that is built fossils and everything, it, it all points back to Jesus, which is amazing. But how yeah. did you, how did you get in to that? Was it something you'd heard of much before or just had it on your heart to be reaching more, more unbelievers? Yeah. You know, I would say I mean, I don't consider myself to be like a great apologist or anything like that. Um, I think, though, I am a naturally curious person and um, maybe mm. even somewhat it's kind of sounds kind of funny to say as a believer and as a past uh, pastor, but kind of a skeptic myself. That's like mm. sort of my natural disposition. So I tend to question things a lot. And mm. so I think I just have accumulate accumulated knowledge over the years for myself as different questions have come up in my own mind. And so with the podcast, and I didn't necessarily set out the podcast to specifically be an apologetics podcast, but it, it's more, I'm coming from the mindset of, I want to start where the skeptical person is at. I want to start yeah. where the atheist is at. And I think for a lot of people who are skeptics or agnostic or whatever, I think they're coming from a place where the idea that 
any God exists, let alone, you know, the God of scripture is it's in the same place in their brain as the possibility that Superman exists, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's just, you know, mythical, it's fiction, it's pure fantasy, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, not a lot of people I think in the world are investing much energy into investigating whether or not Superman exists, right? Like we just kind yeah. of dismiss it out of hand. And yeah. I think for a lot of people, the idea that God exists is in that same place in their brain. And so for me in this first season of the podcast and there's four episodes, just starting from there, I was, I decided that my goal for the first season, and honestly, in the first season, we don't even really talk about Jesus and the gospel too much, just a little bit towards the end, but I just wanted to start where they were. And my only mm -hmm. goal was, okay, how do I convince a skeptic that whether or not you believe God exists? Okay. But I want to convince you that there's reasons to at least give it a chance <laughs> that yeah. it's worth investigating at least, you know? And so that's my goal from this first season. And so because of that, it sort of turns into sort of a, an apologetics type uh, topic. Yeah, very cool. And can you talk me through, I suppose, even not so much getting straight into the, the, actual big reasons for it, but mm -hmm. what, what do you find are some of the ways that you can start to talk to people who are maybe not open to it just to go, here's something to, to let you think about it a bit mm -hmm. more. What, what do you find is that initial kind of conversation or, or some of the topics that you would cover there? Yeah. You know, it's hard to say because I think when we're talking, well, really talking to anybody about anything, <laughs> but if, if I was talking to somebody who was not a believer, first and foremost, I would want to be a good listener. I think that's very mm -hmm. important. You know, I think sometimes Christians, because we're very zealous about wanting to share our faith, that we lead with talking and we lead with, here's what you need to know. Or because like you said in the beginning, sometimes we don't know how much time we're going to have to like share with this person, right? How no who, who knows how long this conversation is go. And so it's like, I got to get this in, right? Yeah. But I think generally speaking, and yeah, sometimes maybe there's conversations that are shorter and you don't have time to really like have a long extended conversation, but generally speaking, it's a good idea mm -hmm. to listen first and really understand where is this person coming from? And do they have any kind of foundation of faith? Have, mm -hmm. you know, did they grow up going to church? You know, are they familiar at all with Jesus or the gospels or reading the Bible and start there. And I think that would probably tell me where I would want to then dive into the conversation. Yeah, that's good. I think one nice thing about that, and I've, I've certainly found that with myself too, especially with friends or family who maybe grew up in church, but aren't Christians anymore. We can jump into it so quickly. And, you know, like you said, want to share our faith and, and just get them over the line being like, what are you, what are you doing? Why don't you believe? This is why you should believe. Yeah. Do this, do that. This is, uh, and you're right. It, it really does take, it really does take a bit of, humility as well just to to stop to to lay what we want down and you're right just to listen see where they're at see where their heart is at as well because that and being holy spirit led it can really help mm. you guide and, and shape the conversation what you talk about and and even as you're listening sometimes it's like oh it's better right you know yeah. help me what what do you want me to what do you want me to say is there a scripture is there just something that i can say to to really help open up that mm -hmm. conversation as well. Do you yeah. find, are there many people 
like for the most part when you're talking to people do you find that most are, are fairly open to hearing about more or do you find that there are some people who just don't want a bar of it and some <laughs> that you have to leave what yeah what's your experience been yeah you know um yeah you know everybody's different but i think so that's why the listening part is important because there are some people who are definitely coming from more of a angry place, <laughs> right? <laughs> you could tell there's some people who are coming from more of a, I want to fight and I want to have an argument, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of times those kinds of conversations really don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be totally honest, if it's, it's not a, it's not a true dialogue, right? Yeah. But then there are some people, if you really listen, um, I think so, for some people, they're coming from a place of, of hurt. You know, maybe they have, there's some, something that happens somewhere. Maybe they have an experience with a Christian or a church, or they even grew up with it. And there's some sort of hurt there. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I think there could definitely be an opportunity to th those situations. There's definitely an opportunity to have that, those conversations, but the tone of that mm -hmm. conversation and the content of that conversation is going to be a bit different from, you know, some people, they really genuinely are, um, searching or just wondering about, yeah, is, is there any validity to any of this stuff? And they're open to information. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's kind of like, so that person, they might need some of this stuff that we're talking about here on Intro to God and mm -hmm. some of the apologetics, because they're, they're genuinely curious and they're searching for information. But mm -hmm. there's some people, they're hurt, <laughs> right? And the information is not probably going to speak to what's going on in their heart, you, you, they might need more of encouragement or comfort mm -hmm. or to, you know, to, to know that Jesus loves them. So mm -hmm. I think you really have to discern through the spirit and through just your ears, <laughs> mm -hmm. where are they coming from? And then kind of give them what they, they, they need. Mm -hmm. Even, I think it can be helpful as well, obviously context of, of who you're talking to. If it's a stranger on the street that you get chatting to, you might only have that five or that 10 minute space when you can stop and talk to them. Yeah. But I love that, especially if it if it is friends or, or family, work colleagues, you know that you can really actually work through probably multiple conversations. You can build your relationship with that person. And then there may be times initially where you don't talk about God at all. Initially in the start, you're just hearing hearing their story, where their heart is at, then maybe that next time you start to get a little bit more about what experience they had. Do they grow up in the church? And then, you know, as you go through, as you build your relationship and build that trust, then you're right. You can start to be or well, spirit led the whole time, but getting more out of what, what do they think about God? What's their relationship been like? And you can start to really I imagine mm -hmm. put in some more of those <laughs> arguments for the existence of God or talking about scripture in different areas like that as well. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And one thing that I say in the the podcast, the intro to the podcast, is if I knew that I could only have one conversation with somebody about God, it would probably not be any of the stuff in season one. <laughs> like all these existence. I mean not that they're not important, but like, if I knew I was only going to have one conversation with somebody about faith or about God, I would start mm -hmm. with talking about Jesus. But yeah, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I think there you're right. There's, there's a time and a place for certain things. And also there's certain people who need different things. And so that's the mm. part we really have to be attuned to with the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that is helpful to keep 
in mind as well as we have these conversations is it can be really easy to go into it expecting to have this one conversation and then the outcome at the end will be that they (laughs) give their lives to the Lord and that's it. Well done. But sometimes it it can be continuing just to walk forward in faith and planting those seeds, knowing that God will, he will come through and water it. And I think there was one statistic I heard. It might be the average person hears the God. I don't know whether it's like eight or 10 times that they will hear the gospel before they come to faith. So Mm. whether you're number one, whether you're number five or number 10, you don't always have to expect that the outcome of your conversation is them giving their life to the Lord. Absolutely amazing if that does happen, but yeah. also just to be able to trust that God will he will water that seed that you've planted and with more conversations, more things don't don't ever count it as an unsuccessful conversation <laughs> if if it doesn't end in in themselves giving their life to the Lord as well. Yeah. No, I think that's a mm-hmm. great point because I think that comes back to yeah, trusting in in Christ, you know, he ultimately mm-hmm. he is the one who is going to save somebody. And I think sometimes maybe some of the reasons like you're saying, some of the reasons why maybe some sometimes these conversations go sideways is because maybe we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to be the one mm-hmm. to make it happen. So one, yeah. we might just get too pushy. And we feel like I got to get this in, I got to get this in, right? Like I got to make sure I said all the things or we get angry if the person is, if we feel like the person is, you know, maybe kind of discounting what we're saying. And I I think all, both of those can kind of come back to a root of maybe we feel like we, we have to make it happen. But I think part of it is, yeah, like you said, from the very start, a certain amount of humility and just trust in the Lord and the Holy Spirit say, you know what, it's not my job to Mm. make it happen. So I'm going to do my best, right? And I'm going to love this person. I'm going to communicate the truth to them as best I can. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just going to trust it to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It it takes a bit of the the pressure off as well. I think when when we can have that mindset, because we can just lean on God and the work that he's going to do, and even just the, the power of the gospel as well. If we take it all into our own hands and we have to carry, you know, the heavy burden of saving everyone <laughs> on the earth. And if we don't, it's all on us. It's like, no, we can we can rest and we can trust in God that as we share our faith, as we plant these seeds, that he will come through and water it. And we can continue to be faithful in those conversations as well. You know, it, it's certainly not it's not it's not a whole pass for us just to sit and do nothing because God will do the whole thing. But mm. we actively get to partner with him in sharing our faith, sharing our our testimony, and knowing that with God we can we can work to share that with people and give them hope, give them life, give them light, which is certainly I think what what this world needs today. That's for sure. Amen. <laughs> yeah, but can you then, if we shift a little bit more from the intro into some of the arguments for the existence of God, what have you found are some of the key arguments, and then can you get a little bit into yeah, what what they <laughs> yeah, mean, sure. what, what all of that is. Yeah, so the three that I shared on the podcast, so these are the three that have always been the most compelling to me, so hopefully compelling to other people. But the first argument <laughs> that I shared is, uh, I guess the, the, the classic name for it is the cosmological argument, but essentially it's just the, an argument from the existence of the universe itself. You know, the... That basically, if we look at the existence of the universe and the existence of you and I, that we can make an 
that it strongly suggests that there is some sort of first cause. So I don't know mm -hmm. how deep you want to get into it, but basically that if you try to explain the existence of the universe and existence of you and I by purely naturalistic means, so not appealing to anything outside of the natural order, um, you kind of run into a problem of sort of what we call an infinite regression backwards, where, you know, because there's the law of cause and effect. So for every effect, there's some cause before it. And so if we try to explain where everything that exists come from, following that kind of logic of cause and effect, you keep mm -hmm. taking steps backwards, but you can never get back to the beginning. So for instance, like if I was going to have yeah. this conversation with somebody who was a skeptic, I'd probably say, well, like you and me, where, where do you, where did we come from? Right? What was the <laughs> cause that resulted in us? And they yeah. would probably say evolution, right? So evolution, but then I would say, okay, but you know, evolution for evolution to happen, there had to be some sort of living something mm. like some sort of living organism, right? So where did that living something come from? Because that also is an effect. So what was the mm. cause that preceded that? Mm. And so I don't know what you think they would say from, you know, where did that first living organism come from? I don't know. Do you have any, what do you, if you were going to put your atheist hat on, <laughs> what do you think they yeah, might yeah. say? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think even with what I've heard in terms of the evolution argument is that often people will talk about it coming from the big bang like it it just yeah. came from nothing everything came from from nothing mm -hmm. so i guess life started from non-life non i guess yeah, that's what a I lot mean, of that's people essentially where it ends up right like if we keep taking step backwards okay so where did that first living organism come from then they might say well you know there were certain conditions present on the earth certain mm -hmm. you know just the right conditions just the right chemicals just the right mm -hmm. environment where somehow it came together and formed the first like building blocks of life like the first mm -hmm. chemical compound or amino acids that eventually would become the first living organism right so yeah. the, just the right conditions but then you know i would probably then say well okay but even those conditions and the planet that had to come from somewhere too, right? So that itself is also an effect. Mm -hmm. So what is the cause that precedes that? Then they would probably say what you said. Well, Big Bang. You know, I believe that, you know, all the matter in the universe at some point, you know, scientists believe that all the matter in the universe at some point was super condensed. It exploded out. And just with enough time, with the law, the natural laws of physics and chemistry acting on it, with enough time, the universe and everything that we see, including the earth, could form. Right. So mm -hmm. big bang. But then, of course, you know, I'm going to say, OK, but even the matter itself, <laughs> right, <laughs> that matter is also an effect. Where did that come from? Right. And so you keep taking steps backwards. And I yeah. think at some point you start to realize, hmm, you have this problem of this infinite regression. You can never get back to the beginning because every time mm -hmm. you take a step back, now you have to explain what was the cause that preceded that. And mm. so that that's the that's the uh, cosmological argument, which mm. basically I would say it doesn't prove that the Christian God exists necessarily. And that's what I say on the podcast. None of these three arguments necessarily prove with a sh without a shadow of a doubt that the Christian God must exist. Mm. But I think they strongly suggest something important about, you know, the existence yeah. of God. So in this case, I think this argument strongly suggests there must be at least one thing in the universe or one thing in existence that is, that is itself not caused or eternal, mm. right? There has to be at least one thing that itself did not need to be caused that could start this chain of events, right? 
so what is that thing <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's the first argument yeah yeah no that's really cool yeah i i love i love the approach of that because like we said it's uh, sometimes it can be really easy just to you know go straight in hard with all this stuff that they have to mm. know but i think sometimes it can be really important to share things like that with them and have them go through that exercise of thinking for themselves mm -hmm. as well because sometimes i imagine as you talk to people you can start to see the ideas that they have just unraveling <laughs> yeah. in in their head potentially as well where it's okay you know so we have evolution but then it comes back to a non-living organi organism and but then there's something before that and you're right as as you do go back and back and back you could almost see the cogs turning in their head of ah oh, ah yeah 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 so yeah i i love that <laughs> that is one really great way that you can start to start to talk talk through that as well and where do you where do you go from there what's that number two argument that you often go through so the second argument is um what some people would call the argument from design and mm. basically just the idea that if we look at the universe and the earth and all that yeah. and even ourselves life yeah. um that it seems incredibly ordered and it yeah. seems to show evidence of design right yeah. and so one and i i don't even remember where i heard this analogy but kind of one of the classic analogies is you know say that and I tell a story in, in episode number two, I, I start off with this story. It's like, let's pretend I invited you to come to my office and you came into my office. And as you come in, you see sitting on my table that there's this model of the solar system, right? So maybe there's a styrofoam ball that's painted yellow that represents the sun and like these smaller balls that are attached to it, you know, that represent the planets and maybe it even, you know, they're, they're able to revolve around it and things like that. Mm. And so, you know, you come over and you see that model and you're like, oh, that's a cool model. Like, did you, mm. did you build that? And I was like, no. It's like, oh, well, did your kid build that? Is that his, you know, science project or something? I'm like, no, nobody built it, right? And then you would probably be pretty confused by that, like, okay, now you must have misheard me. Like, who, where did this come from? <laughs> right? Did you order it? Where did this come from? I say, no, it, it just formed by itself. And I think there's nothing that I could, and it's like, and maybe I would clarify, like, no, 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 I mean, we had all the parts. We had all the parts. We had the balls and the paint and the, you know, yeah. the arms, and they were all together. And just over a long period of time, they just started coming together, right? Like, which sounds ridiculous. There's nothing yeah, yeah. that I could say that would make you believe that that thing came together by itself, right? Yeah. But so many people believe that the real solar system could come together by itself. And so the yeah. question I think that I would pose from that is, like, can you explain to me what the difference between those two things is? Like, why is mm -hmm. it so impossible to believe that that model could come together by itself, but we mm -hmm. can believe that the real thing could come together by itself. So that, I think that's the, where I start yeah, with yeah. that second argument. Like, and yeah. not to say they don't have an answer from there, but I think that's the first question I would ask. Like, what can you explain to me what the difference is between those two mm. situations? Yeah. I love that you can just go into these as well, really conversationally too. You know, you can, you can start to frame this for them, but then no doubt, you know, they respond a bit, you go back and it, it can turn into that beautiful two-way dialogue instead mm -hmm. of you just slamming them with all these really big arguments for the existence of god but you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right all we need to do 
is look at one sunset, one little flower and the the beauty and the intricacy of of an individual plant, let alone an animal, let alone humans, let alone the whole universe. It it's it's phenomenal when you really do step back to look yeah. at it. And that's why one of the ones that I when I first started looking a bit more into apologetics is that argument for design mm-hmm. because it, it just shows the incredible just power of like it, it absolutely <laughs> phenomenal when when you really can can stop and look at everything that he has created it's just it is is beyond anything that we could ever imagine yeah. or or dream of hope for and it it points to such a beautiful and good god and then of course naturally you when you have reached that space then sure you can start to talk about the gospel and jesus and sin and how that separated and how all of that happened but yeah even just the the beauty of the world that we live in mm-hmm. points to god straight yeah. away and even the way that the like even when you look into it, i know some people are a little bit more sciencey and love to have the mm-hmm. actual facts about whether it's you know gravity and the the planets and and all of that but even the way that each of the different planets in in our solar system is set up i think even with the earth it's like if it was one or two even one degree off or one a little bit hotter or a little bit colder we would all be whisked away there'd just be either way too yeah. much fire and burning or, or co- it's everything is just it is so perfect in the way yeah. that it is and how does that happen mm-hmm. by chance on one thing let alone everything yeah. right i think they call yeah. that the goldilocks zone it's just not too hot not too cold you mm-hmm. know the story of goldilocks but it's just right and there's so many things that have to be just right for life mm-hmm. to exist on this planet so yeah i mean and you know my my goal in these conversations is never i'm not trying to submit them into belief right and i i certainly don't want to make them feel like i'm smart and you're dumb but yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's really just a matter of i think a lot of people have not really thought through these things in any detail right like you just kind of have sort of these ideas but you've never really thought them completely through and Mm -hmm. so it's really just a matter of asking questions and leading them through some of these thoughts that maybe they've never really ever pursued to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, if you pursue this thought all the way through, are you still, are you still as confident in it as (laughs) you think? Right. And so it's never Mm -hmm. about like, I would never want to make, try to make somebody feel bad about themselves or, you know, Mm -hmm. turn it into like a competition or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And, you know, with this second argument, with design and you know i go into a lot more detail on the on the episode but i think it's important because the argument from design or a creator it naturally leads us into a conversation about purpose right that if so you know you know in the episode yeah at the end we talk about how you know if there is no designer or creator nobody who created us with any kind of specific intention like can we really say that our lives have any objectively Mm -hmm. true meaning or purpose yeah right yeah and you know i clarify myself because i here's one of those places where i'm always trying to be in tune with the person i'm talking to obviously it's a podcast i'm not talking to anybody in particular (laughs) but because i think that could come off sounding incredibly offensive 
to a skeptic mm-hmm. or an atheist because what they're going to hear me say is that I think they all live their lives with no purpose. I don't, mm-hmm. I, and that's not what I mean. I think just about everybody finds some sort of purpose <laughs> to live for, whether it be their family or their job or just trying to do good or, you know, I mean, almost everybody believe it or not, find some sort of reason or some sort of purpose, something they feel like gives meaning to their life. But all I'm trying to suggest is if it's really true that we're all just here, you know, just as the result of some undirected process, mm-hmm. no designer, no creator, nobody who created us with any kind of intentionality, then I think one of the consequences is we have to admit that any meaning or purpose that I find in my life is really just subjective (laughs) right it's just something that i've made up for myself and that's that's fine if you're comfortable with that but i think a lot of people i think that more than just being a logical argument i think for a lot of people that hits that can hit them in the heart the Mm -hmm. idea that my life doesn't truly have a purpose (laughs) or or some sort of real meaning that any kind of meaning or purpose i find in my life is really just something I've made up for myself. Mm. And so I think that can be com- com- very compelling for some people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even I don't know sometimes whether it's in the design argument or, or where people talk about it elsewhere is then getting into the moral law side mm. of things as well. And, and sometimes that can come up, you know, more as people start to get into the political space and, you know, the different bits of <laughs> that come up there, um, whether it's subject subjective or or, mm-hmm. or truth how, how do we actually know right from wrong but it, it does often lead into that moral law then because if we are all just truly an accident it it just happened to exist that we have humans and we have animals and and the world that we live in but we're all effectively just atoms floating around you're mm-hmm. right that there is no way to have true purpose there's no way to really be able to say anything that is right from right from wrong how do we how do we know what is what is good and bad in this Mm -hmm. world without without having something you're right exterior of of what has been created i yeah i can't even think of of a world (laughs) that we would live in that is 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 without what what we have you know our our own minds the the way that we all just have god or, or purpose written on our hearts we all we all desire good and yeah it's really mm-hmm. as you do start to as you do start to talk about it you can see i can really see that it, it would get people people thinking and then open up that door and, and even just soften their hearts as well mm-hmm. to god instead of being slammed with these arguments it's it's really it's yeah. drawing on our our humanity and the way that we were created by god as well yeah i mean I think regardless of whether you're a believer or not, I think every person wants to feel like their life means something, right? Mm. We're all searching for some sort of meaning or higher purpose. And so to be confront, like one of the things that I said in the episode is it's amazing how like the depths of pain and suffering that humans can Mm. somehow find a way to live through, right? Like it's pretty incredible. Like even in the, the depths of, despair and in some of the most horrific suffering, most people are able to find some sort of meaning or purpose or something to kind of allow them to like 
get through it, right? But mm -hmm. when you encounter somebody who's come to a place where they kind of have come to the conclusion, yeah, it, none of it really means anything. <laughs> that mm -hmm. purse, that is a suffering that it is really hard for people to get through. So, yeah. you know, th this, this conversation about meaning and purpose, it's more than just a philosophical argument. I mean, obviously we're getting there through a, a rational argument, but really I think we're, a, we're, we're hitting on something that is potentially a source of great pain for some mm -hmm. people who, who are searching for some sort of like meaning and trying to convince mm -hmm. themselves that it does mean something because yeah. a lot of people, if they do come to that place where they really conclude it doesn't mean anything, um, it's really hard to overcome that. Mm, very true. Very true. Yeah. And if we then move on to, so we've gone through the design argument as well. What is that third one that you would typically go through as well? Well, the third one, I think, Grace, you are maybe a great apologist yourself, but the third argument is the <laughs> argument from morality, from, ah, there you know, we go. yeah, so from talking about, and I guess they do kind of build on each other. I didn't yeah, necessarily yeah, intend it that way, but they do kind of logically flow. So yeah, just the, the problem of, so, you know, if you ever talk to somebody who's not a believer about, you know, whether or not God exists, inevitably, they're going to bring up the problem of evil right? Mm. They're going to be like, well, if God really exists, then why is there so much pain and suffering? Mm -hmm. Why is there so much evil in the world? And that's true. I think that is a, I'm, I feel like that's the hardest question, honestly, mm -hmm. for the person of faith to answer. But it poses an equally difficult question actually for the atheist, right? So I've heard some people call it the problem of good and evil, mm -hmm. because they're using a term that if you are an atheist and you don't believe that there is any kind of creator, any kind of person who gives us what, you know, a definition of what is right, what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, it is extremely difficult to try to define what good and evil really are. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, in that third argument, we just kind of try to tease that apart. And again, like kind of posing to somebody who's an atheist, like, so if, if there is no God and there is no lawgiver, like, what is the definition of good? Or on what grounds can you call something truly good or truly evil? Mm -hmm. And I'm basically just giving you guys the whole podcast. You might not even have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> but uh, you can go into more detail if you listen to it. But um, yeah. like one of the popular suggestions is like um, what some people would call a utilitarian argument, which is... Um, Basically, what is good is that which is the most good for the most number of people, right? Mm. Or basically, whatever helps people or is good for people, that is what is good. And whatever hurts people, that's what's evil. That's what's bad. Mm. And it's pretty easy if you examine that closely to see that that doesn't hold up very well. Because, mm. you know, so like, okay, whatever is the most good for the most number of people. Well, what if there's something that is good so here's the analogy that I gave. You know, there's a few very super ultra rich people in this world, <laughs> you know, like your Elon Musk's and your Bill Gates and, you know, whatever. It seems really unfair that they have so much more money than the rest of the world, right? There's so many people who could probably benefit from all that extra money that they're just sitting on, right? Yeah. And so what would be the most good for the most number of people? 
wouldn't it be for us to seize their fortune and distribute mm-hmm. it to the people who really need it? Yeah. So was that good? Is that right? <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like, well, you know, and then it just kind of makes it seem like what is good is then whatever the majority says is good, right? Does mm-hmm. the most good for the most number of people. And then that then that brings you into all kinds of problems with like, well, that kind of makes it seem like um, wh- whoever has the most power and whoever has the most, mm-hmm. you know, uh, majority that they are the ones that get to decide what is right. Mm-hmm. Right. Basically, if you have enough people that you can enforce your view on a minority of people, then that's what is right. And that's what is good. Mm-hmm. Or what if something is good for a large group of people in the short term, but in the long term, yeah. it's actually better for another group of people. You know, right? Like, so you, the more you kind of examine it, the more you see that it, mm-hmm. this utilitarian idea cannot serve as a basis for what is good and what is evil. So, you know, just kind of pressing the question. So what is the the, the standard? Like, how do you decide? And I think, um, and, and I've actually had conversations with people who are atheists who, if they're being truly honest, will say, you're right. I think at the end of the day, we have to conclude that good and evil is subjective. And, that's again one of those places where in your logical mind you might be able to say that but it's really hard for a person to accept that in their heart you know this idea mm-hmm. that stealing being wrong is subjective murder being mm-hmm. wrong is subjective right you know human trafficking being yeah. wrong is subjective you might be able to get there logically <laughs> but it's really yeah. hard to accept that into your heart yeah yeah that's so true and i think what what is good about each of these arguments is Sure, it, it does touch on topics that we can get in our mind and intellectually, but all of them, re- they, they really do come down to being heart heart mm-hmm. issues or, or heart topics. And I think so much of, of our relationship with God and, and knowing him, coming to faith, it, it comes from our heart and, and having soft hearts, being open to that. And I think when, when we have that soft heart, it is, it is then ready to receive receive God, receive Jesus from that position. Instead of that hard heart where all we're doing is arguing and fighting and God doesn't exist for this reason, that reason. Yeah. But yeah, it's when we do have that soft heart. And that's why I love that when we can have these conversations with people talk about this stuff, it, it gets them thinking. We're not doing all the hard work mm-hmm. for them, but they can get thinking. God can move in their hearts. He can soften their hearts. And you can pray for people that they would have eyes to see ears to hear soft hearts and that that then you can once you've had those conversations it's such a a beautiful way and opportunity to start to move into more so i mean where do you go from there sharing the gospel how do you actually wrap that up and then Mm -hmm. bring in the faith action element of that if you do at that point in time yeah well if you're having one conversation, then this is a pretty long conversation. So yeah. if you have the time, you know, maybe you're out in a parking lot somewhere and you're having a, you know, five hour conversation, maybe you've gone through all of this stuff and you can also mm. present the gospel. But yeah, you know, I think, so like I said, my intent with season one of the podcast is I just wanted to convince the skeptic and the atheist that, okay, this is more than just Superman or Thor yeah. or something like that, right? Like, there are legitimate reasons why a rational person would say, okay, it's at least worth investigating mm-hmm. whether or not yeah. God might exist. 
And so I think the place that this conversation goes is, okay, so if I've come to a place where I can at least say it, where I can at least admit, you know, it's at least worth considering Mm. whether God exists. I think the question that the next question is, well, if God does exist, you know, who is he? What is he like? Mm. What does he want? (laughs) Right. You know, which God basically. (laughs) Yeah. Which God. And so that's why, you know, for me, at least with the podcast at towards the end, I said, I teased that season two Mm -hmm. would be intro to Jesus. Whereas like now we're ready to kind of talk about like, okay, who is God? Well, at least for us as followers of Jesus and um, people who read the Bible, this is our understanding of who this God is and what he is Mm -hmm. like and what his will is and what he desires and how Jesus plays into that. So that would be probably the next place I would want to go is let's get straight to Jesus now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's been a good intro into the topic of intro to God, and then people can tune in for the the intro to to Jesus and and hear more about that too. But yeah, it's been such a blessing to have you on and to be able to talk about this this conversation, this topic. It's it's so needed, and I certainly have so much more of a heart for this realm than than what I did even a year ago. And I think it's something that. As Christians, we we really do need to be able to have these conversations and and be able to hear from people, see where they're at, and and have these beautiful. I just love how gentle they are as well. We can talk about even for anyone to start off with. Start going through each of these three, mm-hmm. whether it's one or whether it's a few that you talk to people about. Just start having these conversations. Start planting some of those seeds, and I think you'd be really surprised about where God can guide you in these conversations and and of course with the help of the Holy Spirit he'll he'll give you the words to say he'll give you those opportunities and and from there I pray that it would be very fruitful for many of the intro to Jesus type conversations that we can then have have as well mm. but love for you to tell me a little bit more if people are interested in hearing the the episodes the four part series that you did with the intro to God where can they find that? Where can they find your other stuff? Website, podcast, tell me about sure. all of that as well. Yeah. So if you want to listen to Intro to God, you should be able to find it pretty much anywhere you would find podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever, Google Podcasts. But just look for Intro to God. My, my name's Jay Lee. You should be able to find it. Um, and so you can listen to it that way. Uh, you could also just follow my Instagram there is an Instagram account for it. So uh, intro to the number intro to God pod. And so you could um, follow there if you wanted to find out when season two is going to drop. I've been thinking about it for like probably over (laughs) a year now, but I am starting to think about what that's going to look like. So yeah, you could follow us at intro to God pod. And um, yeah, you know, I'll I'll provide my link tree. You can find daily Sabbath if you're interested in devotionals and things like that. And you'll be able to find me. Yeah, perfect. Well, that's amazing. And yeah, send through all of that to me and I'll I'll include it all in the description for everyone as well. I I know I've personally been blessed. I was listening to a, a few of the older episodes that you did on the, the Daily Sabbath podcast mm. as well. And yeah, was very encouraged by that. So I would definitely encourage that that you all see more about Jay, his ministry and what he's what he's doing, because I know you'll be absolutely blessed by it too but would love for you just to to wrap up the episode if you're happy to pray for anyone listening happy for me to throw it to you for that sure well let me pray 
Lord, we just want to uh, end this time with uh, just turning our hearts and our minds to you. Uh, Lord, I pray for just the listeners of the Hallelujah podcast. Thank you for Grace and this ministry that you have led her into. And I just pray that, one, if there's anybody who's listening right now, and maybe they've had all kinds of questions like this, and I pray that, you know, just in this time, you're you're opening their hearts and softening their hearts. Um, maybe they've been carrying some doubts for a long time, and I pray that you would use some of this uh, to, to minister to them. But Lord, I also pray for everyone, including ourselves, just give us a heart for the people around us or the people who don't know you. And Lord, help us to be good listeners. Help us to be humble. Help us to trust you that it's not up to us to win, argue, win somebody into the kingdom. But Lord, also that you would help us to be willing to to engage and to to share what we know and share the things that you've given to us and Lord, help us also to have a heart to prepare ourselves for those conversations, to think through some of these things, to study, to know your word, to 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 read books or listen to podcasts or whatever, whatever we can do to better prepare ourselves to share with the people that you put in our lives, Lord. And so I, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for grace. I thank you for everyone who's listening. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such such a blessing to actually be able to talk about this subject. It's not something that I've gone through in the podcast myself before, but I have such a heart for. So it's been a real blessing to have you on having been in that space before. And I think it's something that I would continue to love to look in more and and talk about myself as well. So yeah, certainly appreciate you coming in and sharing today. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another, another episode of the Hallelujah podcast. My hope and prayer is that I'll always be able to point you to Jesus and that you'll leave feeling encouraged, equipped, inspired, and ready to go out and be salt and light in this world. I'll leave all of the links to my content below as well as Jay and his ministry and his podcast. And yeah, God bless you all. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. And thanks again, Jay, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right. God bless everyone and see you next time.